3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hey, Rise and Runners. It's Cameron from the DMV here, and I'm excited to share that time of year is almost near. Run Disney training soon begins, and then you're listening to your favorite friends who care. On the Rise and Run podcast, happy running. Great job, Karen. Thanks for the introduction. Thanks for the little poetry in that introduction. Very clever. We appreciate it. Friends, welcome. Welcome to episode 92 of the Rise and Run podcast. We've got a big week coming up. Happy Canada Day to our friends up north. Happy 4th of July to our friends in the United States. I'm Bob. I'm here this evening with John. Hey, how you doing? With Alicia. Hello. And with Greg. Hey, hey, hey. Good to see you guys. Uh, just a couple of us here tonight. Hey, we've got, I think we've got a fun episode tonight. New friends, Matt and Skip from the Disney Day Drinkers Running Club. Something a little different. A lot of fun. We really enjoyed talking with them. I think you're going to enjoy it. In the race report spotlight, our friend Melissa ran not one, but two runs this weekend. So we're going to chat with her. My friends, if you enjoy the podcast, please share us with your friends. We like seeing our community grow. Now is a great time to grow this community as we're getting ready, training for the upcoming Run Disney race season. We love, we love having you here, but we love having new folks join us also. Please remember to follow us on Facebook at Rise and Run Podcast and Instagram at Rise and Run Pod. And if you got a question, a comment, a race report, or if you have your own poem you'd like to use to introduce an episode, as Karen just did, give us a call on the hotline at 727-266-2344 and leave us a recorded message. The Rise and Run Podcast is sponsored in part by our good friends at Magic Bound Travel. Now's the time. Give them a call. Race season's filling up real quick, guys. Princess registration is done. Spring tides will be coming up before long. Get with our friends at Magic Bound. MagicBoundTravel.com. They'll help you with all your run Disney needs. All right, guys. We've been counting them down. Guess what? The countdown has reached zero. Oh, boy. Yeah, at least in one regard. Now, let's take a look at how long we have until the races. We still have 18 weeks before Wine and Dine Expo Day, 27 weeks before the Marathon Weekend 5K. But in terms of training, Marathon Weekend training for the long runs has begun. We'll get back to that in just a second. Training for Wine and Dine Weekend is going to start on the 4th of July. So you can so. set it off with fireworks and <laughs> training starts. There you go. There you go. Guys, uh, training's begun. How? Let's. Did we all get started? How are we doing? 
I would once again like to quote my friend Allie. Boy, that was a humid run. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Greg. You get no sympathy for me on. I, oh, I know, I know. It, it's, you know, Mister, it's it's almost ten o'clock at night, and it's a heat index of ninety five outside. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I definitely struggled this past weekend. I mean, you know, even though I'm not doing one of the big big runs for Marathon Weekend this week, uh, I'm in the midst of my training for. Uh, bird in hand uh, come early September Mm -hmm. and I I have to get better at this I I, I know a couple of my friends in the the Galloway customized training group have been trying to help me out with this Um, and and I'll fully admit I'm still struggling I am a night owl getting up early is just so tough for me you know plus you know having a little one and doing things around the house sure it it just it just makes it so tough and so I wasn't able to get out this weekend until probably 1 30 in the afternoon oh and the the temperature the temperature wasn't bad temperature was only like 72 or something like Mm -hmm. that um but you know as we always like to talk on this podcast in, in the summer, it's also all about the dew point. Yeah. And the dew point was 70. So when the dew point and the actual temperature align with one another, it, it's not it's not the best of situations. So I I was all frazzled going into to this run because I went I was due for a magic mile. So I drive to the the high school that's close to my house to find out that like practically the whole thing is barricaded and uh, for, you know, summer school, you know, construction and everything. Oh, like that. Okay. okay. So now I have to go find a different high school who has a track that's available. So then once I find that, then I'm like, okay, here we go. And then I get out of the car and, I, and I'm like, it's like soup. I'm like, okay, yeah. I do my warm up mile and realize this thing is not going to be pretty. So, you know, you just learn to make adjustments, and I decided that instead of doing a magic mile, um, I decided to do a magic half mile. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that are doing summer training and you have this on your schedule, the way to determine your magic half mile is clearly do, you know, two laps around track or a half mile distance. You take that time. You multiply it by two, and then you add eighteen seconds. Uh, that that is the the formula um, from Mr. Galloway himself. Uh, so again, if you're ever in the pinch and you need something like that, do that. So I did that, and then I was doing my my next lap, and I'm like, I my body just couldn't take it anymore, and I was in a situation where you know what, I don't want to do anything stupid. So I called it at two and a half miles. I drove to my local gym and I finished the last two miles, okay. on, uh, two and a half miles on the treadmill because the other thing that we've learned through through Jeff Galloway and, and Coach Twigs and everything like that is that if you ever need to split up these runs, as long as you are starting your second segment within two hours of finishing your first, then it all counts as one run. Yeah, you're getting the same endurance benefit, and you know, it all counts as like one "quote unquote" exercise. So I did that, and things went a lot better. Mentally, it was a lot better. And again, with this heat, because again, it's not just hot where I am; it's hot all across the country. You just gotta play it smart, and always remember: be safe and listen to your body because it's the most important thing you can do for yourself. Yeah, 
Greg, I am fond of saying, and you will hear it again, if it's hot where you are, it's hot. If, if you feel that it's warm, it's warm. You can't compare area to area. We all acclimate to the place where we live. It was very hot, very humid. I also did a magic half mile Saturday, same reasons, but you get, well, you, you get to a point where you can't overcome it and you, you don't get used to it. So you just have to be smart and I'm glad you were. So, yeah, so I knocked out a magic half. Uh, I did my run this morning. It went just fine. It was, I am still, I'm doing baby steps. Uh, whether you're whether you're challenging a new distance, recovering from a setback, I think I have learned to accept that my progress necessarily has to be slow, and I'm okay with that. I'm going to enjoy the little baby steps and remember the goal. The goal is to finish those races in November and January, and whenever those races or your races occur, just. Give yourself, people like to say, give yourself the grace to accept slow progress. Patience is not a strong suit amongst runners, but over a period of years, I have learned to build some and things are going okay. And and the thing that that I'll add to that, Bob, is, and I I actually learned this not while running, but actually while I was doing a, a Peloton ride months ago, is that your your success and your journey in physical activity is not something that is linear. Right. There there are going to be ebbs and flows and there are you know there are going to be highs and there are going to be lows. And I know for some some of us and I know this happened to me during COVID is you know during you know those years you know there wasn't a lot to do so I was running and with that, I was losing weight, and then as races came back, I was setting PRs and 5Ks and 10Ks and 10-milers and half marathons, and I was just riding a high. And then as life slowly got back to normal, you know, over time, you know, other factors creep in, and then, you know, that affects your training, and then that progress that I had nosedived. Yeah. And I know that mentally that can be draining, but but it wasn't until I took that Peloton class that realized that, you know, I sure I was in a very weird predicament and I was riding that high of, of just like, you know, kind of like the, 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 the mountain climber on the, the price is right game, a cliffhanger, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that was me, um, you know, so, but again, having that downfall, having that slip is totally okay. It is normal and just take your time to start that uphill climb again. Yeah, progress is not linear. You're absolutely right. And it all comes back to Bob Barker, doesn't it, Greg? Absolutely. Come <laughs> on down. Hey, I want to address a question that I see and hear a lot amongst folks who are new to the Galloway Method. Uh, Jeff's going to be with us in a couple of weeks. We'll ask him again because he'll probably, I'm just going to go on a limb and say he'll explain it better than I do, but I think I can give this one a pretty good shot. New Galloway runners ask, how fast should I be running during my run segments and how fast should I be walking during my walk segments in order to achieve whatever your time goal is? 
I blame part of that on the new Galloway app, because if you go to put information in the Galloway app, it asks for those two numbers. But the fact is, for Galloway runners, I don't, I can't tell you. I don't know. I know what my goal pace overall is based on my magic mile. And I know that I can fine tune my run and walk intervals to reach that overall pace. But I do not know how fast I'm running during the running phase. And I don't know how fast I'm walking during the walking phase. Now, it's going to change from individual to individual. I find that I'm more successful with shorter, let's, let's say I do a magic mile and I go to the Galloway page and it says to achieve this pace for your training, you should run 30 seconds and walk 30 seconds. I know from experience that's not going to work for me. I will end up exceeding the pace. I'll end up going too fast which it sounds like a nice problem to have, but it really isn't. We want to hit these time goals for a reason. Uh, I walk faster than most people. Just naturally, I walk faster than most people. Well, that's the understatement of the year. So, (laughs) so, So I end up shortening my run segment. I run a little faster. My walk, it evens out to the pace that I'm trying to achieve. With, without being specific, the bottom line is I don't know, and most Galloway runners don't know how fast they're running during their running segment, how fast they're walking during their walking segment, but we do know what our overall time is, and we know how to adjust our run-walk intervals in order to achieve the overall time we're looking for. I hope that's helpful to those of you who have asked that question. Like I said, we'll ask Jeff also to explain that when he joins us in a couple of weeks. And I think a great way to do that, you know, the find that that magic ratio after you do your magic mile um, is, you know, obviously, you know, if you're doing, you know, one of the, the longer distances for marathon weekend, obviously, yes, the mileage is short. You know, I, I think for for this week's long run, it's only three miles, three miles, right? If you are in this situation of, you know, trying to find out that ratio, you know, do a workout where, okay, you know, you know, obviously take that long run pace, but do each mile at a different ratio and, and see, you know, and see which one feels the most comfortable and see what your times are. And I think that'll be a perfect base then to continue to try and figure out, you know, what works best for you. I think that's a decent idea. So I hope that is somewhat helpful. I know the answer is a little ambiguous, but it is that way for a reason. Hey, a segment we haven't done for a little bit, apologies and alibis. We've got a couple from last week's episode. First of all, I made a big deal out of the fact that we had back-to-back Taras in the race report spotlight. Emily, I apologize. We didn't forget you. I just forget forgot when we talked with you. So we didn't have back-to-back Taras. We had Tara, then Emily, then Tara. But still, I, th- I think if you look it up, and I may have to check Guinness, uh, two Taras out of three race reports may still be a record. So we'll check on that. And the other one, and this really isn't 
an apology or alibi, more of a clarification. No, Bob, it's an apology to the baby food community. Is All what right. It is. All right, because Heather mentioned something called Happy Tot, and we bantered about not knowing what that was and wondering if it was some kind of tater tot, how great it would be to have tater tots while you were running. It's not tater tots. Happy Tot refers to a small child. It's a kind of baby food, which I've never used for rum, but I have heard of that idea before. And it kind of, it makes sense. Easy to digest, nutritious, not a bad idea. So maybe you'll want to check out the Happy Tot on your own and see if it works for you. All right, friends, let's visit with our guests for the evening. You know, one of the neatest things I think about this podcast is the different people we get to meet and get to talk to from week to week. We've had some, we've had some serious topics recently. We've talked about safety and training, folks overcoming obstacles. We're going a different direction tonight. We're going to have fun. May I please introduce Skip and Matt from the Disney Day Drinkers Running Club. Skip, Matt, thanks for joining us on the Rise and Run podcast. Thanks. We're glad you're here. We've, we've been looking forward to this. Uh, the uh, the Disney Day Drinkers. I, Yeah, I just to get in the spirit of the thing, I had my uh, first training run for Dopey this morning. And oh, wow. Yeah. When I got back, just because I knew you guys were coming tonight, I eschewed the Gatorade and grabbed a beer. And uh, smart, can't, smart move, smart yeah. move. Yep, that's a good choice. Yeah, and I mean, how does it go? You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Running in the morning. morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh heck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we may not we may not be first to the finish line, but we'll certainly be first to the bar. <laughs> yes. That's not a. I mean, that's fun. That's cool. Hey guys, how did all this get started? What was the uh, what was the genesis? Where Disney Day Drinkers first, or how'd it go? Yeah, we we started the club, uh, the Disney Day Drinkers Club, uh, probably about a year and a half ago. And um, you know, I'm a runner, and uh, you know, I love I love running as as well. And as our our main club grew, you know, I always had wanted to start a running running team, just because number one, you have all the Disney runs and and races and everything. And, you know, one of the best parts is after a race, you've accomplished something and you want to go out and have uh, have some beers. Sure. And uh, Disney is, is the best place for that because you have Epcot. You can drink around the world. Uh, you can uh, obviously, uh, you know, you can you can go to your resort uh, bars and restaurants. Um, and uh, so uh, Matt, uh, Matt Jardigan here was uh, at one of our uh, bar crawls that we were doing. Uh, I think we were, it was a Lu, one of our Luau crawls we were going through, or we were, I, I, I remember we were at Polynesian Resort. Okay. And uh, Matt was hounding me about something else. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still hounding him to this day. <laughs> yeah. And, I've, uh, you know. I've, lear- I've learned I can't discuss business with Skip while he's at, uh, while he's doing bar crawls. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> he, he has an uncanny knack to, uh text me uh, in the middle of a bar crawl for some reason. And he's not going to get any good answers for that. No, <laughs> might, might be creative. Yeah. Entertaining. No, but, uh, yeah. And, and so, you know, 
you know, he was he was anxious to to start a running uh, team, and mm-hmm. you know, it just made sense. You know, now that we have seventy thousand uh, followers on, on that page, to start a running team and uh, and and find all of our club members that are runners, and uh, you know, oh, you know, over three thousand, I believe, now has has have signed up. You know, we haven't really promoted that much in the in the group, but you know, more and more people are finding out about it. Uh, we do a lot of fun things. Yeah, more will find out about it tonight too. Did I hear you right? That's a seven with four zeros in the D three club in the D three page. Yes, yeah, seventy thousand. Wow! In, in a in about a year. Right, right. That's a lot that- of hangovers. <laughs> a lot of hangovers. I, I have a question. Did the woman who got uh, escorted off of the Grand Fiesta tour the other week is she a member of the club or no? No, no, she's not. No. Okay. <laughs> um, I, whenever anything like that pops up, I always check her membership list. <laughs> um, I'll you bet know, you do. We're, we're very. We're we always remind everyone that this. It's about the uh, the drinks at Disney. It's about the bartenders. It's an all in moderation, and it's and it's not to be you know, you know we we don't tolerate uh, behavior like that. And also, it's 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 just I mean it's still it's still Disney. Where I have a passion about it. Matt has a passion about it. I mean, uh, you know, we 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 love to have a good time, but uh, you, you have to do it in moderation. No, we agree completely, and and you're in the right place. You're amongst friends here. Uh, with a passion for Disney. Absolutely. So I, I started following your Facebook page uh, just the other day and, you know, scrolling through, you know, I, I wanted to do my research for this interview and I feel like you guys have an unofficial mascot and, and I, I want to hear the story behind this. I just kept seeing photo after photo of people standing with this trash can out in front of, of Rosen Crown. Right. What is up with that? Well, you know, uh, when we first started the club, uh, we had, at the, at the time, we had 400 members. And, you know, I wanted to do our first uh, drinking around the world with everyone. And, you know, at, the, at that time, it was right around COVID, um, or at the end of COVID, or not, I shouldn't say the end of COVID, but it's it was at the end of the kind of the lockdowns and everything. Yeah, the parks were back open. The pa- parks were back open, and, and it wasn't fully, you know, you still had to wear your mask and things like that. And so, you know, most people drank outside. And that's when the trash cans became uh, dining room tables for a lot of people. Uh, uh, you, you really, you had you had to get your drink in Rosencrown, you had to leave. Uh, and so... Uh, when we did our first bar crawl, we wanted to figure out where we, we would stop, you know, each location, you know, like the Germany fountain, you know, and you know, we didn't have a place and uh, for in England. And, you know, we all were standing out there by the trash can. And uh, I said, this could be our spot. And, you know, our, our, our group needs a mascot. And one of the uh, members that was on the bar crawl was a priest. This is not a joke. I'm not setting you up with a joke. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. we're, <laughs> we're skipping a priest the, walking to a bar, right? Right. Where's the rabbi? And the yeah, there's, there's right, a rabbi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I asked him if he would bless the trash can to make it the official mascot. And so he took his uh, Guinness and he sprinkled it all over the trash can. And uh, <laughs> we, we, had, we had a blessing. And... 
the legend of, of Benny is uh, forever uh, in tune with that story. Oh my Benny goodness. It, it has yeah. a name. That's amazing. Yeah, has, oh yeah. That's Benny. Yep. And so, you know, everybody that, uh, you know, at, at first uh, it was fun, but then, you know, when I started seeing that people were making pilgrimages to, uh, you know, like, Hey, I'm driving from New Jersey. Can't wait to see Benny. And <laughs> it, he became an attraction. Yeah. He's the best character uh, Disney has at Epcot. That's right. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And he's always there. He's standing there uh, on on alert right now as we speak. Stoic. Well, now, tying this back to the running team, though, has anybody from your group ever dressed up as Benny for one of the races? Yes. Yes. A couple of people have. That's That's awesome. Um, And... uh, it's also a great photo op during a race whenever uh, people sure. stop. Oh, that's right. And, that's uh, very true. Yeah. Okay. We go yes, by there we, quite often. We did. And actually, I noticed the last uh, the last race that Disney actually didn't go by there a couple of times. And um, we had a lot of disappointing members. Um, so hopefully, Disney will, will reroute us back in front this time. Yeah. If you have to jump off the course, it's not too far away. No, no, not at all. And... Um, one of the also nice things is um, uh, last time during the Toy Story uh, 10 miler, there was a line to get a picture with him. So, no kidding. Yeah, so I had to wait. <laughs> was, was there a handler there for him or anything no, like no. that? He needs yeah, one. Right. He needs one. <laughs> yeah, photo pass guy. Yeah. That would be awesome. Well, I mean, you've, you've kind of talked about this a bit that you started with the uh, the day drinkers. And then spun off into the running club. How long has the running club been around? It's been around for a, about eight months. Is that right, Matthew? Yes. Yeah, so November will actually be our one-year anniversary. Okay. So um, wine and dine. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So last year we had our very first um, run running team bar crawl um, after uh, Sunday night after the wine and dine, and uh, had a huge, nice crowd. Um, but uh, I think, I think after our trip around the world, we we started with probably forty of us, and I think we finished with maybe five. <laughs> um, but it had been a long day. We had, you know, sure. most of us had been up since the wee hours of the morning, two, three o'clock. Yeah. How right. appropriate is it that the uh, D three Running Club uh, started at Wine and Dine? I mean, that's just that's poetic. It is. It's it's it's, it's one of my favorite uh, uh, races, is because. Well, it just fits exactly what I like. Yeah, it was my very first uh, run Disney race, so it's it's got a special place for me. And uh, when Skip and I launched this running group, it was just perfect to figure that out. What what year was your first wine and dine, Matt? Oh goodness, two thousand eighteen. Two thousand. Yeah, hadn't been running that long. Two thousand sixteen for me, wine and dine, first Disney race. Yep. This past Dopey, the full marathon was my twentieth overall race. Cool. Oh, overall race. Okay. Yeah, my first uh, my first Disney marathon uh, was in two thousand and four. I ran with Kyle NASCAR driver Kyle Petty, uh, and uh, we were um, he and I were friends. Um, I work in in broadcast media, and uh, I would do a lot of events at Victory Junction Game Camp, uh, one of their charities. And so he ran the race. Uh, we ran the race. Um, and um, that was, uh, I, I think I came in last place uh, that year. Um, <laughs> That's quite an honor. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, when the, uh, the characters are out there at the finish line, well, 
you know, there was only Chip. Dale had already left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. I, right, right. I mean, I thought they were supposed to be together, but they weren't when I got there. They were, they were both tired. I, just, I have to put a shameless plug. So my very first chaplain uh, was Matthew Dobson, the very first American to win the Disney Marathon. Oh, how about that? Um, That's so, very cool. Yeah, it's that phenomenal guy. What, 31 um, years ago now, I think. 31, yeah. 32 years? Yeah. yeah. And that's so, that's Matthew's uh, uh, you know profession. He, uh, if you, you might want to explain what you do. Yeah, I'm a, a chaplain in the Army, so it, it really holds dear that, uh, you know, I was able to come under. I can't run fast as him now. I was I was glad that when he left the unit, I became the fastest because otherwise <laughs> it would never happen. Uh, that's okay. That's pretty cool. Is is he still running at Disney? Would you know? Um, he's not. He's okay. He's he's retired from that, but I know he does local races. Um, still at at fifty five years old. When I was serving with him, was running ten minute two miles. Yeah. Oh wow! So, yeah, that's the for the uninitiated. That's the Army PT test standard two miles. That, that there you go. Yeah. Ten minutes is not the standard. Ten minutes is outstanding, <laughs> but two miles is the distance. So let's get into the drinks and and the cocktails themselves. I mean, obviously, we, we you guys have created this perfect marriage, no pun intended, of you know combining drinking at Disney and run Disney. And we all know that one of the most ceremonial things that you can do is cross the finish line with some form of adult beverage. So I'm going to ask the two of you gentlemen, and, and Skip, why don't you start first? What is your go-to beverage to cross the finish line with? Well, you know, it's, my go-to beverage in, in a perfect world would be an old-fashioned, but, you know, um, that takes a lot of time to make, and um, it's, it's difficult to, to, to find a bartender that close to the finish line. That's right, yeah. Uh, so it would have to be a beer for me. Uh, Matthew, Matthew I, his last race, he... he so i um i i a couple of for the wine and dine half i um they they thankfully opened up the last bar cart um our beer cart opened so i had a beer but come the marathon i was like i've got to do something epic so of course uh our first stop in epcot's always the cava and uh the mexican pavilion so I've got my bib and I, I'm going down into the Mexican pavilion and the line is just, it's, it's long. And, um, but so I, I just, I showed my bib. I, I'm like, I'm running and everybody just starts pushing me to the front. Um, so I'm like, I'm getting a top shelf margarita. <laughs> and then, He's very particular. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but somebody uh, next to me had ordered uh, chips and guac and i was like oh uh-huh. that looks really good i'm starving <laughs> so i i i said i'll have a, a chips and guac too and um so i am finishing the full marathon um with a margarita in one hand and chips and guac in the other that's impressive and, and it, it's and we're not talking about just you know five or six no. chips if you if you've had the cava's guacamole yeah. chips it's massive it's a big order um and it becomes difficult because I can't really eat it and drink it and run. <laughs> you can't. You only have two hands. Yeah. That's, That's, uh, I might give you a better time because you're in such a hurry to, uh, to get to that, uh, the chips and guac. Matt, that's how, legend, that's how legends are born, buddy. Um, yeah. I will say the, uh, one, one of the Facebook groups, it blew up and, and went viral. But I'll, I'll have to share the picture with you. 
Oh, please do. The uh, the finish line photo was epic. I finished, uh, golly, was it the last marathon I did? No, no, it was two years ago. Anyway, uh, I finished with another runner, a, a listener, Mary, who I'd met, oh, I don't know, at about 19 or 20 miles. I said, for uh, for finishing this with me and helping me out, we're going to get Tipsy Ducks in Love at the China Tea Pavilion. Ever had that one? No, I have not. No, it's uh, my wife and I like it. It's a bourbon drink, Skip. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in on that. You need to check it yeah, out. I'm in uh, on that one too. But the thing about it is, it's uh, it's part coffee, part tea, part chocolate syrup, and bourbon. Sounds crazy, but it 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 works. Trust me. The only thing is, they kind of float the bourbon on top. Now I knew this, so <laughs> I stirred it up. Mary did not know this. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Mary takes a sip, <laughs> but uh, we got over it. But anyway, that's. That was my finish line drink story. You know, Matt, he- hearing your story about the the chips, guac, and margarita, I, I feel like I have a business venture for you to, you know, and maybe you know, you start <laughs> plastering the logo. You know how for like the food and wine festival, they're, they're selling like the little plastic trays, so you don't have to right. eat on top of Benny. You know, you have the little plate, and you, know, you can put your your flask in or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, J- John yeah. is holding one up in in our on, on our video chat here right now. Um, but you you should come up with the D three running team version of that, so that way you can balance your you know have a cup holder well, and then yeah. your little shelf for the chips and guac, and you can dip and and still do. You know, still do your running paces. It'll be great. I'll uh, I'll be sure to send you the. Um... I said send the residuals at Greg at riseandrunpodcast.com. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll send you the uh, three Dole Whoops. There we go. Perfect. Three Dole Whoops. That's right. That's <laughs> his salary. I'm fairly new. I I had a fun time. I went to a local race here in Tampa. Ran in a couple of your people, which is really what spurred me. You had you had reached out earlier. And when I met those folks, I go, yeah, this is a great group. These are nice people. I need to know more about this and we need to get these guys on. I wish I could remember their names. I gave them a shout out on the episode and I can't remember who they are right now, but uh, nice folks. That was fun. Yeah, it's, it's great. They're all over the U.S. Um, obviously, you know, I, I find the majority of them are, are in central Florida or, or Florida in general. Um and, uh, you know, we, we um, one of the nice things that we're doing for a lot of the races is we'll have a hospitality suite. Um, and we usually have been having it uh, in different locations, but mostly over at the Swan uh, Resort. That way it's convenient uh, after the race to, to go over and, and to cool off and get some Gatorade or have a tequila shot, your choice, or tequila and Gatorade, if you wish. Uh, we, we, we also yeah. do... <laughs> Well, we also do a carbo uh, carbo night beforehand, so so people can get some carbs. Was it a Chris Long Time? Um, he's an avid member, great guy. I think he's in that area. They do a they they run a lot of races. So just a shout out to Chris if you're if you listen to this, uh, we appreciate it. Cool. Now, info about that is on your Facebook site, correct? Yes, and also our our website. Um, we have uh, clubd3.com, and uh, we also have a running team website. The running team website, how would we find that? Clubd3runningteam.com. Hey, I wanna, I'm going to qualify you guys as experts and start asking some questions about favorite places. See, this is, this is where uh, we uh, are going to shine. Good. Because uh, we, we've experienced them all. I've, I think I've done 95 
percent of uh, the bars and restaurants at uh, Disney. I think that's a uh, one of our new things we hope to do is is uh, create some kind of challenge for all the bars in Disney. Ooh, that would. But we're sure that would be tough. Yes, because we're not sure what constitute what constitutes a bar. Yeah, you know. Anyways, yeah. like does the like does the Joy of Tea Pavilion count as a bar? Yeah, probably not. But I, I'm hey, I'm not making the rules. That would be up to you guys. <laughs> You you talked about you alluded to this earlier. Favorite bartender. So my my favorite bartender in space is Space Christopher from Space Two Twenty. Uh, he does a great job. He's one of those bartenders that um, really has the essence of of what you expect from Disney. Uh, just because he has a great story from each drink, and he and he gives everyone that special great Disney magic, and he, he makes all the the drinks glitter. And um, he just really is that uh, why we like to drink at Disney. My One of my most favorite uh, secret menus that we have, we have a secret menu. Um, and that's at the Yak and Yeti uh, with, uh, with, with Chris and Palmer that, and them. Uh, they have um, uh, a secret menu that you have to give them a password. And uh, they bring out the secret menu and has a lot of delic- delicious drinks on it. Yeah, but we'll have to uh, throw out there that if you've been in our group for a little bit, been been looking around, you may see pictures with challenge coins. Kind of. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask about that. Figuring out what. So Yak and Yeti, uh, take me to the summit has their own challenge coin. It's um, it's the first one we've done bar specific. Um, and and I'm the one that designs those. Um, I I will have to say, uh, I've got a really good friend uh, that's in the group named David, uh, helps me with the designs, but. Um, it's a lot of fun, but, but Yak and Yeti, uh, you know, Chris is amazing at what he does. Um, so I just have to get a shout out to Chris myself there. To continue with that, you know, my, one of my favorite, uh, uh, bars is, uh, at, uh, Disney Springs is the Edison and the Boathouse. Um, you know, I really love Chelsea, uh, and, uh, Talon over at, uh, the Edison. They are what you would call your, your true mixologists. Um, they really have put a lot of effort and uh, making and creating unique uh, cocktails. And the boathouse, um, uh, Alexa over there is a is a great bartender. Whenever you can find her, some, sometimes she's on the floor uh, as a manager, but sometimes she's behind the bar. And uh, really excited that she's back. Um, but uh, you know, if you've ever been to the boathouse, uh, the, the food, the views, yeah. and uh, the drinks are amazing. Yeah, you had me a little nervous, Skip, when you said sometimes she's on the floor. I thought maybe she was drinking too much of her own creations, but no, I, I get it. I get it. I just that's where my mind was yeah. going. That's all. Uh, but uh, you know, I you know, I love a lot of the resort bars. I like Kathy over yeah. at uh, the, the Banana Cabana, um, and uh, we have. I mean, it just every every single place has its own character, flavor, um, and you know, every single bartender. Uh, at Disney is is incredibly special. Uh, I'll let Matt uh, talk about some of his favorites, but one of the, uh, we we've done some events at Disneyland, and it's so difficult or different, I should say, because the bartenders at at Disneyland are not necessarily like the ones at Disney World because those guys are, hey, you know, I'm 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 trying to be an actor. I'm gonna um, oh I got, I got you. coming up. Uh, I got an audition. You know the, the I find the bartenders and, and the staff uh, at Disney World uh, 
you know, they're this is their livelihood. This is their career, and they're really passionate about what they do. So that's all. That's one of the differences I've always noticed. Interesting. One of my favorite places. Um, I mean, I've, I've mentioned we talked about Yak and Yeti. Um, what I really love is the Hangar Bar in Disney Springs. Um, yeah, Chuck Lindsay's. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's just. I'm not sure. You know, I'm a. I, I love love Disney, but Dis- Christmas at Disney just like is tenfold. Mm-hmm. And uh, absolutely, you know, they they get into the spirit. They decorate. Um, they, they go all out with the Christmas theme and I, I just think, um, they do a phenomenal job. They do a lot of pass holder drinks, um, specials there. Um, I just like going there. It's a ph- phenomenal It is a nice view. place. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. The food phenomenal. If you haven't had their bites, they're really good. Um, so it's going to be incredibly busy, uh, after, uh, right after this podcast, just because, <laughs> in, well, not number Number one, because of this podcast, but uh, <laughs> number two, uh, Indiana Jones comes out. Yep. Oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. And yep. I know a lot yep. of people are planning on seeing the movie and then going over to Jock Lindsay's. That, that's an outstanding idea. I ran into a young lady tending bar there one time. I do not have the background experience you guys do. My wife and I were there sitting at the bar. Young woman says, uh, just call me Pyro. I said, well, that's interesting. <laughs> Why? Because I like... I like to light things on fire, <laughs> but she, uh, yeah, she showed me around, showed me all the neat stuff that's in that bar. There's all the artifacts. That That's a favorite place of mine. Also pretty cool. I love that that Disney has stories behind the bars. Yeah. Um, another, another one, um, that my wife and I like to go to, um, there's, oh man, there's enchanted Rose at, uh, grand Floridian. We try to visit the resorts and, and the bars. We've we've gone to the parks um, so much. We like to to venture off. So, uh, Abercadab Bar on on the boardwalk. No, that's a good one. Yeah, yep. I've been there for a, a while. Oh yeah, it's a great little bar. You always um, make sure you ask your bartender or server uh, the meaning behind the wallpaper uh, inside there. Uh, there's hidden uh, there's hidden gems inside the wallpaper and stories about all the artwork uh, that's around. Very similar to Jock Lindsay's. My, uh, but if I had to find a favorite bar, um, I, I'm not skipping, and the group does a great job uh, getting to know the bartenders. I'm not there as much. I'm not being, you know, not being local. But uh, Baseline Tap House was before I even joined D3 was a little hideaway place in the back of the park. Nobody knew about it. Um, this was before Star Wars had opened up. And I could go back, uh, I could go back there and there was never a line, but, uh, but now every time it seems you go back there, there's yeah. a line, but so, yeah, the, uh, you're right. yeah. So it's phenomenal. The ri- the ribeye puff is really good. Um, but all their drinks are phenomenal. I know in the last couple of minutes we've talked about, you know, what are our favorite things, but obviously, you know, there have been creations of new spaces, new bars, new drinks, what would you classify as like the most overrated drink or like overrated bar that like maybe people just like clamor over all the time and then you just go there and like I, I don't get what the hype is. It, the, can you classify anything uh, oh, yes. for that? Oh, okay, yeah. I, I can't wait oh, to hear yeah. this. The one that I really dislike and it's it's you know it's it's a, it's a, I wouldn't I hope they don't take it personal, but uh, Oga's Cantina is to me probably, I mean, it's number one, you have to get a reservation to get in there. 
Number two, the drinks are a little pricey, uh, but also everything's sweet. I mean, I just, uh, all the drinks are just um, way too sweet for me. And I just end up getting a beer. I was definitely going to say that, Skip. Plus, you, you one, you only have 45 minutes. Two, if you don't request to, to sit down, you're standing up. Or if you happen to be able to sit down, you're you're sitting there with with people who may or may not want you to sit there. Um, I'm a friendly guy, so you know I can make friends and with anybody. But it uh, sometimes you know you sit down, and you're gonna have a drink, and it's like you know you're invisible to the people that are at your de- at your table with you. But I will say that uh, they have great bartenders, and those guys are passionate about. Um the uh, the stories behind the drinks and they they're they're glad to tell you about all the the things that are around and, and those are definitely a lot of fun. Yes, the uh, the the fizz is probably going to have to be the, well can't go wrong with a margarita anywhere, but the margarita there is not too bit not too shabby. Funny, Greg, when you asked the question, and it's I'm not the expert, but that's the first place popped into my mind too was Ogus. Well, see, the, the thing and why I wanted to ask, and with the, the lead-in that Skip was given, I was terrified that you were going to say Trader Sam's because the last when I was down there for Springtime Surprise, I finally got in there for the first time and absolutely loved it, and I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to the most overrated bar in Walt Disney World. No, so. and I'll tell you, Trader, Trader Sam's to me is, it's, I mean, once again, it's, it's, it's almost impossible sometimes to get into. Well, but, I had to wait 45 minutes to put my name onto a list and right. then wait an hour. <laughs> but I will say it is just so damn fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, whenever somebody orders a specialty drink and they go into the skits, uh, it really is a lot of fun. And also just um, it, it's, it's, it's really cool to go in there every single time. I went to uh, the Trader Sam's at Disneyland, and I, I like the one at Disney World a lot better. Yeah, so it, it's one of the very first bars I can remember and like, man, this is like an experience. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. not just going in and having a drink. It's a full like experience. And it, it was a lot of fun. I, definitely, if you get there at 4 o'clock uh, or 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, you know, yep. Get, get your name on early. Um, you know, every now and then you, you may catch lucky. But it's uh, there. I'm, I'm also, as, as much as I love drinking and trying the drinks, I also love Disney food. Uh, their their tacos there are really good. And uh, the good thing, if you go with Skip, um, for some reason I always get a black pearl. If you order the pearl drink, um, the oyster opens up. Oh yes, yes, yes. And um, you know it's very rare to get a black pearl, but uh, I, I seem to get uh, I seem to get one every time I go in. <laughs> you're you're a rare pearl there, Skip. <laughs> hey, shift just a little bit. We've talked about favorite places. What about favorite drinks? And you may mention more than one. And Skip, if you want to tell me where the best old-fashioned in is in uh, the park, it wouldn't hurt my feelings either. Well, you know, that's that's uh, once again, I'm picking favorites. Uh, but uh, I will have to say, you know, my favorite old-fashioned, and that's my favorite drink, but my favorite old-fashioned is at the Edison. Uh, Talon makes okay. And uh, Chelsea makes probably some of the best old-fashioned. But the, the process that, that they do it is um, absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, they really go all out with the smoked old fashioned, and, uh, and they even sell the kits that they use um, on, on property. Uh, the other uh, old fashioned that I like, and it's not really an old fashioned per se, but it's 
It's based off of an old fashioned. It's at the Yak and Yeti, and it's called Sherpa Fuel. Okay. And that's on our secret menu that they have there. But uh, it's a bourbon-based drink that's very similar to an old-fashioned, but it's their take on an old-fashioned, and it's absolutely amazing. I would have to, to say the Edison old-fashioned. I just started getting into those. I'm more of a uh, tequila fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a couple of years ago, I did a tequila tasting on a uh, Disney cruise ship and um, really really took my tequila game uh, to a whole new level. And yeah. uh, La Cava does a phenomenal job. Um, so that their top shelf has a uh, Casa Dragones tequila. Um, it's a Blanco. It's really good, smooth. Um, they've, they've, they really do it well there. The, so have you had the avocado margarita from La Cava? I yes. have. Yes. Yes. I um I think that's one of probably my favorites. Uh, they do, they they used to make it fresh every time. That it got really popular. Every now and then you can catch them, you know, making one for you. But no matter where you go, when you go, it's uh it's 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 on it's on point. It's delicious. Very good margarita. Yeah, absolutely. And who would have thought it? An avocado margarita. But I I definitely great. was uh uh say in no way jose and yeah. uh they they brought it to me said if you don't like it we'll, we'll make something else but got me hooked i've talked friends into trying them never had anybody say bad words to me so it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a good drink one of the questions everyone asks do you start at mexico do you start at canada or do you start at united kingdom John, you're trying to trying to get me and Matthew in a fight here. I believe is that we trying to do. <laughs> I, I, I have to. Yeah. That's 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 what I'm that's what I'm hitting at. I, I'm getting that battle royal yeah. here. Yeah. So uh, my my favorite uh, is, is starting. I always like to start in Mexico, uh, just because uh, it's the correct one, answer. I like, yeah, I, I start yeah. hard. I start hard, and yeah, it's, it's, it's probably the worst one to start in because you you know you're less likely to complete. But uh, I like to try to sober up as I go along. Okay. I usually start in uh, Mexico, and somehow we end up in Mexico. So <laughs> there, there's <laughs> – you, you never leave? <laughs> <laughs> yep. There, there, there's two people – there's two kinds of people that uh, go to Epcot. Um, there's those that start in Mexico and those that are wrong. Those that are wrong. Um, yeah, we'll go along with that. <laughs> I'll just leave that there. Nothing against our friends from Canada, but right. But I will say, since we've started the club, um, I, use, I I do actually start in in, in uh, uh, UK uh, just because I usually go through the resort entrance uh, right yeah. there, and uh, you know I have to go see Benny first. So well, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, and uh, you know it's always great because I'll, I'll walk into the park and you know I usually see some of our members standing there getting pictures with the. With the trash can. <laughs> I have walked through the International Gateway with Skip. I can't tell you how many times. And I can't tell you how many times. You know, it's usually you can walk pretty quick from from the International Gateway to Mexico. But with Skip, it takes us about two hours. <laughs> because everybody's stopping to take pictures. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so, and, and yeah. not with Benny, with Skip. No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's fun. Yep. It and it's not because I was a former uh, morning show radio personality. 
<laughs> Guys, I don't want you to get away. I, You are associated with a charity. I want to talk about that before we let you go. Is that correct? Yes, that is. Uh, that's one thing I was hoping we could get to. Um, yes, please. I could talk. I could talk all all day about uh, Kelsey's hope. Um, that was. All right, we'll very... give you ten minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that was the um, the very first charity that I raised um, money for, and in fact, it was the the COVID shortened um, season, and they came to me and said, you know, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm just going to donate the money. You know, I know everybody's, you know, all the charities at that point, you know, it's a big part of their, uh, their yearly revenue. Absolutely. Yep. And, and so I I didn't really think anything of it. Um, so fast forward, uh, COVID came, you know, cleared and and run Disney was cleared to come back and, and run again. And the night before the first registration, I get an email from Kelsey's hope, uh, asking if I would like to use the money that I had raised towards their fundraiser. And I was, it just blew my mind that they had, you know, taken their time to one, remember to reach out, but two, to not just take the money and run, but they, they kept true to what, you know, to their, their fan base and to their um, customers. So as, as we started this and we started this club, that's one of the things that Skip and I did with the main club is donate uh, to give the kids the world. Mm-hmm. So as we evolved in the running team, I, that was one of the stipulations that, you know, we needed to find a charity and it just, it meshed. Sure. Uh, Jonah's, Jonah's wife are phenomenal. They're members. They've come to come some of our events. They, uh, they have just taken us under their wings. They, we're able to help them fulfill bibs. Um, I think that's one of the great things why our members kind of like, uh, you know, some of the things that we can offer, we, we fill their bibs and they, that's what they want, but it's not just that we, we have our own fundraising site that we donate, um, throughout our, ourselves throughout the year. And I'm excited about what that check will look like to, to give to Joe and his wife. Yeah. That's amazing. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, uh, runners are, and you, and you all know, uh, we're, we're all a special breed. Um, you know, uh, and I, I love the fact that people love to give back. Uh, and, uh, especially, you know, with some of these great charities, it's been a pleasure for us, uh, raising money for them. And, uh, it's, it's also just great to see them at the races too. It is. Yeah, it is. I, they are, they are phenomenal. And, um, we have, our running group does some unique things. We do virtual runs that, um, we design the medals and we, we, we raise money and, and most of those proceeds, uh, we give back to Kelsey's hope. We give back to members, uh, donate to members who are running for other, other organizations. Outstanding. So, um, I, yeah, it's, it's been great. I, I would love to shout out to our, our members. I think last tally was, um, close to six or $7,000 that we can wow. have donated or will donate overall to Amazing. Kelsey's hope. That's awesome. And the, awesome. thing, and the thing I love about Kelsey's Hope is that not only are they an incredible organization, do lots of great work in the community, but I love how vibrant Kelsey's Hope is and the enthusiasm because I'm telling you, when you run a race, 
you cannot miss the Kelsey's crew. And, That's right. And oh my they, gosh, yeah. You know, and, and it's one yeah. of those things where I, anytime I see a Kelsey's crew member cheering on the side of the road, I always make sure to shout them out because one, like I said before, it's really, really hard to miss them, but they really can help turn your race around, especially if you're, if you're struggling and just seeing that, that bright yellow and pink, yeah, it's really motivational. Yeah, they had the mascot. I think there was a mascot out there uh, the last, uh, the Toy Story. And uh, they shouted my name, and I was like, who who, who, who are these people? Oh, and then I realized they're all wearing the Kelsey's help, and I was like, oh, this is great. Uh, but it, it really helped me uh, to get through the race. But um, no, it, they, they've been great to work with, and, and we can't wait to do more stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll – we have folks running for Kelsey's Hope for Charity Bibs, but we'll make sure we put a link in our show notes there too. Well, fellas, I, I really have been looking forward to this. And I'm so glad I, your time's valuable. I'm glad you spent some time with us. Hey, before, before you leave, how can our friends listening learn more about D3, the running club, and how to get in touch with you and anything else you'd like them to know? Well, great. Yeah, I'd love to um, <clears throat> welcome everybody to join our Facebook group, the Disney Day Drinkers Club, and it's uh, you find it on Facebook uh, under groups. Uh, we also have Instagram uh, handles such as Official Disney Day Drinkers Club on Instagram, um, and uh, we also have a website, uh, clubd3.com, and uh, I'll let Matt talk about our running stuff. Yeah, so we also have a Facebook group for our running club, uh, the Disney Day Drinkers Running Club running club team. Uh, you can search as Facebook group as well. Uh, come join us. We'd love to have you. Uh, we have a website club D three running team.com. Uh, there is some, uh, there, there's some great stuff on there. Uh, there's some interactions. I, I did want to give a shout out to our, our running team moderators, uh, uh, Charlotte, Sarah, Ryan, uh, Illy. Some of those kind of go over into our main page, but, they they are behind the scenes and they make things happen. Uh, Charlotte has a great post every week and uh, does a great job with that. She's our most seasoned runner. Um, Skip probably knows more than than I do, but she's probably done thousands of races, hundreds of marathons, the mm, crazy wow. stuff, the ultras. She wow, so, she's she's one of those crazy ones that does the ultras where they run all weekend there's a tent there yeah. maybe she gets an hour of sleep right um and uh she also does those uh, uh continent challenges and um trying to run in every zip code or area code that yeah. type of stuff um yeah. and uh but she also is famous for being uh the costume chick um she uh was one of the first people that really run uh all the races in in, in, in costumes Okay. In certain certain races, she does costume changes. Uh, she uh, in Kansas, she did every character of the Wizard of Oz, and every uh, three or four miles, she would change into a different costume. So she's awesome, and and you know uh, we we love we love our moderators. Uh, so a shout out to to them. And but we would love to have everybody come join us. Um, if, obviously, for a drink after the runs. Well, Skip, Matt, I look forward to seeing you. Look forward to seeing you at Wine and Dine. And uh, thanks again for spending the time with us. It's been a lot of fun. I knew it would be. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. I really appreciate the guys spending time with us. I, that was fun. It was as much fun as I knew it would be. 
look forward to seeing them. And I really Disney want an World. old fashioned right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a bourbon guy myself. I want tequila, so I don't care. All right. Well, you're still okay. We're still good to go. Uh, great. Hey, we got some uh, changing subjects now. We got some news from Disney, from Run Disney this week. We saw at least a little sneak preview of the springtime surprise challenge theme and artwork on June 26th. They released it. That's Stitch day. appropriate. 626. Yeah. Uh, Stitch, thoughts on the reveal for springtime surprise? I guess, I guess we're upset it's not the Muppets. <laughs> Well, I, Muppets would be great with me. Yeah, I mean, if it would have been Muppets, I, I would have been all over it. Um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, especially our good friend uh, Aaron over at the Will Run For podcast. I don't understand the obsession with Stitch. Okay. I, I, I don't, but but for those of you that, that love Lilo and Stitch, love that movie, love the character, I and absolutely thrilled for you Mm -hmm. um that being said though how hard do you think it's going to be now to get a reservation at ohana on the um the sunday of springtime surprise for the number of people that are going to go one either one for breakfast to actually get their picture with stitch Uh, at breakfast or just go there because you know that they put in the artwork you know the the ohana challenge so obviously the polynesian is going to be a very, very busy place. Uh, it will be as tough as it is to get uh, storybook dining oh, yes, on yes, Marathon yes. Weekend to see yeah. Dopey. Yeah. I, I will say, though, that the other thing that I enjoyed about the, the news, you know, outside of, you know, Stitch being for the challenge is the great amount of investigative reporting mm-hmm. um, that went into that artwork to try yeah, and figure out the themes for, for the other three. I know. Um, the, the three that come to mind for me, first is our friend Kristen over at Running and Makeup. Uh, she had a great breakdown. So did one of our upcoming guests that we have in a few weeks, Amanda over at Once Upon a Marathon. And then also another former guest that we had on, uh, Lisa Denoto-Glasner, um, did these great instagram breakdowns of like they took the artwork of that of that stitch thing and they enhanced it and then they you know they increased the brightness or whatever so basically i think what the the deduction is is that one race will be neverland or like peter pan themed which i'm all for because i mean that means one thing and one thing only (laughs) and it's the return of tinker bob you wear one little costume to one little anyway listen (laughs) Um, I, I think the other one that was an absolute given is it looked like someone saw Pride Rock in the other one, so they think that Lion King will get a race theme. It was the that middle image that I think is up in the air, but I but the um the the Vegas odds I think are put on uh, an up theme. Uh, oh, someone cool. thought it, it looked like Paradise Falls, and you could see Doug in there and everything like that. So, and especially since it, the theme is adventure, um, I, I think that that lines up pretty pretty well. So, it's an interesting take on, on yeah. the, the the general theme for the weekend. Um, but yeah, good good, yeah, good on Run Disney great. for for giving us a nice little surprise and and letting put, us put our thinking caps on. A little sneak peek. It, it'll be fun since we had this recorded to go back and see how accurate folks were. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's all fun, right? We enjoy it. 
So let's see what happens there. John, you've got some news for us for one of our podcast platforms. Yes. Yeah, speaking of Stitch, right? Uh-oh. There you go. Uh oh. Stitcher, Stitcher, the podcast service, uh, they're closing their doors at the end of August. Uh, uh, Sirius XM is uh, folding them down. They're going to get rid of them. So if you're listening to us on Stitcher or any of your other podcast on Stitcher, you're going to need to start finding a new podcast service. So, you know, there's. Remember, there's there's Apple, which if you're not an Apple guy like me, you got Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. I think still has them. So yes, still we out do, there. John. Yep, we're all over the place. We're on I, we're on like a dozen platforms. I couldn't even tell you what some of them are, but uh, yeah, I know yeah, we got some listeners out there that that listen to us on Stitcher. So, by the way, J- John, b- bravo on an absolute brilliant segue. I, I just want to make sure that 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 doesn't get lost in our listening community. That that was amazing. Oh, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anybody could miss that. All, all it needed was a. Uh, but that was too, <laughs> I was too late getting to it. Um, hey, a, a an update. Our buddy Pam has our fundraiser for charity bibs for this race season going on. So if you head on over to Pam's site, fluffyfizzies.com, right at the top of her homepage, shop our fundraisers. Click the shop now link in there. I'd appreciate you head in there. I'm trying to raise some money for Give Kids the World. So there's a tinker bomb in there. <laughs> I'm telling you, you wear one little costume, the one that, anyway, uh, she still has some time if you want to create and want to be part of the fundraising effort. In that case, go to the top and click the fundraising link there. Become an affiliate and Pam will help you out. We Pam, we really appreciate you for doing that. I know it's a lot of work and it's very kind of you. Thank you very much. So I want to know, Bob, how many of those are going to be signing at our next meet and greet? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. It, it's not, it's not even going to be the meet and greet. Oh, good grief. Bob is going to have to post up oh. at the fluffy fizzies booth <laughs> at wine and dine I'll signing all of these things. I'll do it. I always stop by there anyway. Uh, Becky can always tell my wife, Becky can always tell when I've been visiting with my buddy, Pam, because I get sparkle all over. <laughs> hey, hey, Pam, we're just going to let you know now you might need a bigger booth. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Pam, you've made it a lot of fun for us and you're helping us raise money for a great cause. And there are a bunch of fundraising bath bombs in there. Go check them out and support some of our friends who are trying to raise their money for charity. We, appreciate that friends upcoming episodes in two weeks fellow rise and runner jack witzig will be visiting with us the camden's county runner jack is trying to do i think an amazing fundraising effort in his home county of camden county new jersey he'll be here to tell us all about it three weeks from now jeff galloway will be here start getting your questions ready You can give us a call, record your questions on the hotline. Jeff will get to as many of them as we can. Always great to have Jeff on the podcast. All right, friends, it's time for the race report. This week's race report starts last Wednesday. We actually had a race in the Mecca 
of Center America Racing, Fishers, Indiana. Ah, uh, yes. We haven't we haven't had a race in Fishers for a while. So we have, we haven't heard from Jeff in a while. We haven't. And the funny part of this, the Spark Fishers 5K on Wednesday, part of it's part of the town's patriotic festival. Uh, it used to be on Sunday morning, but they they moved it to this Wednesday evening. And yeah, our buddy Jeff was there, but in this week's race report, he's the only racer that I didn't hear from. However, Callie was there. It was her first summertime evening 5K since high school. And I've seen Callie's picture. That was only probably two, three years ago. And it was hot. She says uh, the old version of this race, the one that was done on Saturday morning, was the first race she did as an adult. Uh, She had fun, did a good job. I think she did a really good job. I think the heat got to her a little bit on this evening run. She did a good job persevering with that at the Spark Fishers 5K in Fishers, Indiana. On Thursday in Gloucester, Mass, the St. Peter's Fiesta 5K, Rachel. Rachel had a fun vibe in this race, lots of cheering. Said it was her first solo race, first one that she didn't run with someone she knew. Also her first race running and looking absolutely fabulous in a 2-2. I've done that, Rachel, as we know. (laughs) She got lots of compliments. Her daughter said it made it easy to spot. Good practice for her first Disney race, which is coming up at Wine and Dine. See you down there, Rachel. Okay, let's move on to Friday in Jacksonville, Florida, the SUP Bridge the Gap 5K. So that's, I'm going to ask our guest in just a minute. Is that how you pronounce that? Hey, SUP. Yes, that'd be correct. <laughs> really? <laughs> it is the SUP, which stands for uh, shared. Help me out, Melissa. Shared, shared use path. Shared use. Shared use path. It's a it's a new bridge in Jacksonville, Florida. The SUP Bridge the Gap 5K Jacksonville. Uh, our friend Lisa, an AWD, ran that one, and I'll get back to Lisa in a minute because I'm ignoring our spotlight guest for the evening, Melissa. Welcome to the Race Report Spotlight. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, we're glad you're here. Now, this is a brand new bridge. This, this one we're going to start with the the SUP, Bridge the Gap 5K. And I'll stop saying that. <laughs> brand new bridge, right? So like, this is kind of, this was an inaugural event. Haven't had this 5K before, right? Right. Yeah. The bridge has been under construction for a few years now, um, but it finally just opened. The path opened on April 6th. Okay. So it's been open for a few months, but this was the inaugural race on it. So they shut it down so you could race across the bridge? Yeah, there was no one else on it. I think people were welcome to still be on it, but the weather was, uh, it did rain a bit. So I think people might have just stayed away that weren't participating for that reason. (laughs) Okay. Melissa, this is more of a walking bridge or is it like a, because it looks like it's built alongside of a major bridge. Yeah. So it's built alongside the Fuller Warren Bridge. Um, It's a 12 foot wide pedestrian and bike path. Okay. So it's um, two six foot wide lanes. 
both Very directions. Very nice. Very nice. Does it connect with any other kind of trails? Um, it connects to areas of Jacksonville. So it goes from Riverside to San Marco, um, bringing those two areas a way for people to walk across those two different areas of town. Great. And, and how did this race go? Was it a point to point or was it an out and back? It was an out and back. So the bridge itself is almost a mile. It's right around 0.9 miles. So we did a mile loop first and then went up and over the bridge and then back across the bridge. Yeah. And that gave you right about 5K, huh? Mm-hmm. So how, so how'd it go? It was good. It was hot, humid, and rainy, but that's to be expected this time of year in Florida. It's Florida. It's June. Yeah. Um, it was actually a very last minute race for me. I was at work Friday and my friend Lisa, who also ran this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, messaged me around three o'clock and asked if I wanted to do it. Um, <laughs> so I had to run home from work, change and run right back out to the event. And it was great. Um, last minute, but it was a lot of fun. A lot of people I know from the local running community were there. So it was great to see friends and Everyone was just excited to run the new path. It started off with a little one-mile run first that we all got to watch together, and then the 5K took off. Good deal. Now, Lisa was there. I mentioned that at the uh, start of this little interview here. Did you run with Lisa at all? Or I saw you had a photo with her. Um, she's a little bit faster than me, so we oh, she? Okay. crossed each other when okay. she was on the out and back. We saw each other go by, um, but she finished a little bit ahead of me. Oh, okay. I know. I know. Lisa runs with a guide because she has a problem with seizures, apparently. Yeah, and she does. So, yeah, so she needs assistance there. Now, the the five k in Jacksonville sounds nice, but you're just warming up. That's not all you did this weekend, is it? No, I also had a park run Saturday morning. Yeah, tell us about that. So that was my first ever experience with a park run. I actually, for the first time, heard about them on this show with other Uh guests talking about park runs. Um, I think some people in Australia, I know it's big over there. Mm -hmm. And Jacksonville just started one last year. Um, Back in September was the first time they held it. And this was the 42nd event. And we actually had a record high number of participants at this event, which was awesome. There was 56 of us. Um, It was was really cool. It was a for those who don't know, park runs are free timed events uh-huh. at parks on Saturdays. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because you're right. They are very big in other parts of the world. They're very big in Europe, very big in Australia. But I think most Americans, and myself included, don't really know how they work. Yeah, they're just free weekly timed events um, across the world. And it's a 5K and they take place every Saturday morning. Um there's actually currently 61 of them in the United States, so it's possible. Y'all might have one near you. I recommend checking it out. Yeah. And it's cool. It's a great little community and the best, I mean, can't beat free. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you get a barcode on your app. You like sign up for Park Run. And when you finish, they scan your barcode and it gives you a time and you can log onto the website and see your results. And it's pretty neat. Yeah. I, I know there is one not terribly far from here, but I've never done it. Uh, maybe, maybe you are motivating me to get out and give it a try, Melissa. I highly recommend it. I'm for me, it's about 40 minutes from my house. So it's a decent little commute depending on what your Saturday morning plans are. Um, but I'll definitely be back. It's, uh, a great group of people showed up and there was actually, we had people from Australia at this one. Well, how about that? A couple people, I think from England. So it draws a lot of interesting people to talk to. 
and and fun. I think they are so well received in other parts of the world. When folks visit, they probably look for them. Yeah, I know. I'll definitely, if I am traveling, look into it now that I know more about them. Yeah. Like you, the, the one around here is a little bit of a drive, but not terribly far. So uh, I, maybe I ought to give it a shot. Let's, uh, let me ask one of my standard questions, Melissa. How did you get started running? Um, it's actually funny. My Facebook memories today was from my first 5K ever. How about that? Which was in 2013. It was one of those color runs that me oh, and my coworker sure. had done. Sure. Um, so 10 years ago today. And we had just thought the color run looked fun. So we signed up for it. And then, and then I learned about Run Disney in right. 2016. And it's been just escalating ever since. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> That's great. Fantastic. Um, so what's coming up? I don't have any local runs planned for the summer. It kind of slows down a little bit. Yeah, it sure I does. am. Um, my next planned run right now isn't until October. I'm visiting my hometown of Westfield, Massachusetts. And they okay. have a local 5K up there that I'm going to do. And then it's on to Wine and Dine, Dopey and Dumbo. Nice. Outstanding. I'll see you at two of the three. I'm not going to California. Lexi and Jack are, I believe. That's it from the gang. But a whole bunch of us will be there, wine and dine and dopey. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, the clock has started running. Oh, we, first uh, training run was today for dopey. So. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, Melissa, we look forward to seeing you in Orlando. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us. I always have fun with these spots, and we're glad you were here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll see you in November. Thanks, Melissa. As we mentioned, uh, Lisa was also there, real happy with her pace for the evening. Uh, had a friend that was helping her out as a guide. Lisa is training for the Marine Corps Marathon. And in January, she's going to be running Dopey number five. So that was it for Friday. Let's move to Saturday. Back in Central Park. Boy, a lot of runs going on in Central Park here in the last couple of weeks. The Pride Four Miler, Central Park, New York City. Emily was there. It was a hot one. And there's a theme through this race. Uh, both she and Doug officially done with what they call their nine plus one races, which gets them entry into the 2024 New York City Marathon. Emily did that. Doug did that also. Uh, Doug wasn't focused on speed, just finishing, feeling great. That's always a great idea. He's got Berlin in September, the Goofy Challenge, and the Dumbo Double Dare in January, and then New York City Marathon next November. Oh, I need a, someone from Wisconsin to help me with this one. I'll do the best I can. Manaqua, Manaqua, Wisconsin, the bear cupboard 5k. Jenny ran it, finished, finished under 15, 50 minutes. That was her goal time. Happy with that. Not a PR, but still really proud of herself. Jenny, we're proud of you too. Way to go. Niagara Falls, New York, the craft beer and music running festival 10k. Amy did this one along the Niagara River, this time on the U.S. side. It was humid. It's humid all over the place. Hot, hillier than she expected. Kind of a small race in terms of number of 
entries. Still fun, great, awesome post-race food and drink from a bar that sponsored the race. Her friend Karen ran this one as her redemption 10K after having to walk her first 10K during marathon weekend due to an injury. At the Chicago Executive Airport in Wheeling, Illinois, the Run the Runway, I believe it was a 5K. Laura did this one. It's a tough time of year to be running on a flight line because, friends, there is no shade on a flight line. Uh, No wind here to help cool things off. So it was pretty warm. Laurie did a good job, had a good strong finish running on the runway in Wheeling. The Paul Hoover Memorial Freedom Run 5K in Wakula Springs State Park in Crawfordville, Florida. That's near Tallahassee. This is a memorial run for a coach, Coach Hoover, who was killed in a hit-and-run accident several years ago. Lola did this one. This is Lola's time. First time to, to the race report. Glad to have you with us, Lola. Her first non-run Disney race and her first time running on a trail. Not really a fan of the Rocky Muddy Trail. She offers her apologies to Jack for not being a trail run fan. She says she doesn't know how Jack does it. I, Lola, I don't know how Chuck does it either. And I'm not sure Jack knows either. We'll ask her when we talk to her in a couple of weeks. Um, Lola did a good job, finished upright with a smile on her face. That's the goal. Way to go, Lola. And thanks for the report. In Millville, New Jersey, the Mud Girl 5K, Jenny, and a daughter of her friend, daughter's name is Ava, ran this thing. Neat photos. Put a couple of videos on there on Facebook. 17 obstacles in the mud. So much fun. It was Ava's first 5K. So, and it's we haven't done this yet today. Time for the PR bell. On Sunday, back in Central Park again, the Achilles International Four Miler. Emily didn't get enough on Saturday, back on Sunday. Uh, again, rainy and hot. Emily's, if she hadn't wrapped up her official nine plus one for the New York City Marathon, she did it on Sunday. Um, Megan was there. I didn't hear from Megan. I hope everything's okay there. Uh, Megan. PR'd the two previous weeks. So I think things are, hope things are going well there. Our friend Heather was there this time with her boyfriend, Greg. She and Greg were both using hand cycles for the first time. Heather finished second in the hand cycle division. Way to go. That's awesome. Way to go. By the way, I also want to have Heather's travel schedule because I feel like every time she's on the race report, she is in a new state. And I just, I, I love her her sense of adventure and going to all these races all over the country. So good on you, Heather. It's good to see Heather out there. It really is. We see her a lot at Disney also. Uh, In Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, on the Canadian side, the Community Strong Half Marathon, Marissa was there. Marissa said this one was a little bit rough. Uh, The course was great, but the residual smoke, et cetera, from those fires in Canada made the air quality still kind of bad. She's got some asthma, and, of course, that's aggravating for it. 
small run, only about 30 people running the half. She prefers a larger one. I kind of do too. With 30 people, sometimes you can feel pretty lonely. Uh, but there was great support there. Great staff at the finish. Marissa did a fine job finishing that half marathon. The Boston Athletic Association 10K. Christina. Christina had put some great pictures up of what she called her Boston Run Disney meetup. Uh, her comment, and, and they were great looking photos, Christina, I thought, but Christina's comment was, we don't even look as horribly sweaty as we almost certainly were. <laughs> no, you don't. You looked, you looked fine. Lauren was there, as she puts it, with 10,000 of her closest friends. Hot and humid finishing was the only goal. That's the, the race schedule will wind down here through July and August. But yes, that is an excellent goal for these summertime runs in North America. Hey, Bob, we had somebody else there too. Uh, Madge was there. I saw it on, on the Facebook. She, yeah, she was out there handing out water to people. She was, so, She was volunteering. She sure was. So even if she wasn't, you're not running, you can still volunteer for some of these events. Yeah. She looked like she was having fun. And I don't know what happened, John. I had that in my notes, but it's not there now. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, thanks for doing that, Madge. In Columbus, New Jersey, at the midnight Squatchapalooza 12-hour run, our friend Kent was there. Kent said he didn't see a Bigfoot except for maybe his swollen ankle at the end of the race. It's a 12-hour <laughs> run. Uh, last year, he did the six-hour. This year, he cranked it up to the 12-hour, did 51.22 miles, almost two full marathons. Really impressive, Kent. Great job. All right. We hadn't used the PR bell much earlier. Here we go. PR for Kent. Number one, most miles in a 12-hour race. Most miles in a 12-hour race, over 50. Best 40-mile split. A 40-mile split. Just, wow. I'm, I'm going to say that one more. Wow. <laughs> his record for his best 40-mile split, eight hours and 57 minutes. And, of course, his best 50-mile split, 11 hours and 40 minutes. Those aren't splits. <laughs> those, those are gargantuan, outstanding results. It's, it sounds funny to call them splits. All right, here we go. Our buddy Danny from the Netherlands. Now, I accuse some people of running odd distances, four and a half miles, 3.97, just so they can set PRs. Danny, on the other hand, I'm convinced he looks for races in the Netherlands with places he knows there's no way in the world I can pronounce. <laughs> so let me give it a try. The Castellope de Hav van de Haar in Harzolens, the Netherlands. Now, Danny, Danny, when he put his post in, wrote, sorry, Bob, I will say now to you, sorry, Danny. <laughs> that's, as, that's as good as I can do. Uh, kind of interesting. Castellope means basically running around the castle. 
loose, very loose translation. Um, this particular castle is the largest castle in the Netherlands. Dates back to 1391. Great photos. If you have, get a chance, if you haven't seen them already, head over to Facebook and look at it. Uh, Danny, a little disappointed because of the heat. They changed the start time on this twice, moving it earlier and earlier, and and finally turned it into a 10K, which was kind of convenient because it was, in fact, a two-loop race. And since a half marathon, which is what it was, is 21 kilometers, you can just cut it in half and make it a 10K fairly easily. Uh, race went pretty well. 47.40 for the 10K for Danny. He generally runs a really good race. Uh, finished 142 out of the 1,200 in there. Love the medal. It looked really good. Great picture in front of the castle. Danny wearing a figment shirt. Looking good. All right, buddy. Ball's back in your court. I don't know where you're going to race next time, but uh, I'll do my best when you do. The Castaway K5K. Saw a picture of Kate finish that one. Photo from the island. Kate said it wasn't so much the 5K that wore her out, but the snorkeling before. And that that tends to be a kind of a hot event. It's on an old, most of it is on an abandoned runway. We talked earlier about the race at the Chicago, Chicago Executive Airport. There's no shade on runways. So it gets pretty warm. Uh, but what the heck? You're on Castaway K. Who cares? <laughs> You're there for fun. And then you get to get back on the boat. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. In Indianapolis, the She Power Half. Jennifer and Angela were there. The medal for this thing was amazing. It's huge. I will call it Space Coast size. Uh, it's a large medal featuring a dragonfly. It's really quite pretty. Jennifer said it rained for most of the race poured between miles nine and 12, but she's glad that they didn't have the full sun with the heat and the humidity. Jennifer didn't PR, but she finished fourth in her age group. That's outstanding. Angela also said it was a beautiful course. Uh, flowers, cake, and balega socks at the finish line. That's nice on a rainy day. You can put on dry socks. I don't know if that was the plan, but it worked out. And for Angela, I'm giving her credit for what I'm calling a decade PR. That is, she moved into a new age group. We'll break them off every 10 years. It get Look, gang, it gets tough setting PRs when you get into your 40s, 50s, 60s. You're not going to go back and break your old 25, 35-year-old PRs. So decade PRs count with us. Rounding out the race report in Houston, Texas, the Pride Run, Brandy did that one. Again, there's a theme that's going to be going on for the next couple months. Heat warning in Texas during the run. Very fun unicorn character stop. It really was the feels like temp was 95. Uh, Brandy did what she called a leftover Disney costume. She took various parts. Cheshire pants, a mermaid bag, and a tiki room top and put them all together. That's her leftover Disney costume. Very creative, Brandy. Good job. Okay, friends, that just about wraps it up for episode 92. Join us next week. We're going to 
answer more of your listener questions in next week's episode. Training started, gang. It's right now the excitement level's high, but keep at it. It's critical. We'll be with you all the way. No Zoom this Thursday. The next Zoom meeting will be next Thursday, July the 6th. My friends, and if you run, you know you are our friend. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. We really appreciate it. We love talking with you, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Until we meet again, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.